pre-dropped here, no doubt. Yeah, pre-dropped. Whoa, that thing came out sideways. Drove it into the penalty area. Whoa, yeah. Oh, that was a shank. It's hard to believe watching this. It made an unbelievable bogey in the drop zone. So, without further ado, our six gentlemen that will be joining our qualifiers are Mr. Sam Burns, Mr. Ricky Fowler, Mr. Brooks Kepka, Mr. Colin Morikawa, Mr. Jordan Spieth, and Mr. Justin Thomas. Mr. Sean Zock. <laughs> Mr. Dylan DeChair, I just got chills. No, I don't <laughs> believe that. Uh, well, buddy, that is a lot of news. It is the six captain's picks that Zach Johnson is bringing with him across the pond to Rome for the Ryder Cup. Uh, they joined Scotty Scheffler. They joined Brian Harmon, Wyndham Clark, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, and Max Homa. So it's a it's a big Tuesday for the Ryder Cup. I need your first gut reaction, your initial reaction to these picks. Does it surprise you? What are you thinking right now? I think my gut reaction is like this is a crew that selected itself, I guess. There, there was a lot of talk of, all right, this is this is my guy, my guy, JT, um, <laughs> that sort of thing. There's a lot of talk of, of comfortability, camaraderie. Um, that, I think that's my first impression is like, this is a group that was picked because it meshes well together rather than, you know, sometimes we talk about who deserves to be there and who had the season that most merits uh, selection on this team. So I think that, I think in some ways, Zach Johnson is taking his cues from European teams of the past where it's like, hey, let's stick with the guys we know mesh well together. And uh, let's start with that as kind of like our, our, our foundational principle. What about you? You mentioned comfortability. This is like strictly, exclusively a comfort decision. It is comfort for the players. It's comfort for the pairings. You know Jordan and Justin are probably going to play together. You know Sam Burns. It's probably Scotty Scheffler's first pick to play with him. Um, so it's comfort for the players, but it is mostly just comfort for Zach Johnson. Like the captains can get in the way of the action or they can take a step back make the comfort decisions and put the chips out there and just let the best players in the world play their golf. That's what you should do as a Ryder Cup captain. That's what Steve Stricker did in Wisconsin a couple years ago. You can get in the way by really trying to force things or you can do what Zach Johnson did because there's a little discomfort, I think, in choosing a Lucas Glover, a guy who has had you know, a great August, but has had a long history of ups and downs, especially with the putter, especially in presser situations. Um, there's a lot of discomfort in picking anyone who doesn't have a partner who you don't quite know who to mesh with, who you don't quite know. Like, yeah, does Cam Young make sense with Brian Harmon? Cam Young hits it a country mile, hits it pretty straight, pair that up with a really good putter and Brian Harmon. But like, what if they don't jive off each other super well? So there is comfort in all of these decisions. That's kind of what I see. That's the big C word with these captain's picks is making sure the horses are comfortable with the dudes that we're going to pair with them. All right. So who should be most grateful to, to have uh, received a captain's pick here? Justin Thomas, of course. Now, like, I think the other option is Sam Burns, but like... Yeah, start with there, JT. <laughs> there has been no 
bigger bullseye, I think, on anyone's back or no greater big red question mark that I've ever seen in my history of covering the Ryder Cup about their involvement for an entire month plus. Like Justin Thomas started to slip in a more serious way in July, and then he bombs out of the the cut line at the British Open and then responds by going to Minnesota, missing the cut, responds by going down to uh, the, the final event of the regular season in North Carolina and playing pretty well, but not playing well enough to continue his season. So he did a number of things to keep himself from having his, his passport stamped. And I don't know when the decision was made. Um, I think the decision was out of Justin Thomas's hand. That's why he needs to be grateful. Like it was <laughs> when he didn't make the FedEx cup, it was suddenly Tony Fino's opportunity. It was suddenly Lucas Glover's opportunity and Cam Young's and Keegan Bradley's and all these guys that didn't get chosen. They had a chance to, to, to keep JT stateside. None of them really did it. So that's why JT should be grateful. Yeah, nobody busted down the door. I get. I would add Sam Burns because I think he was in reality the last man in. I mean, Zach Johnson sort of referred to JT as being like a pretty easy choice at some point. <laughs> it reminds me actually of like sometimes there's a situation where Alabama or Georgia could make their conference title game or they could not even. And it's yeah. almost better if they don't make the conference title game because it's like, hey, well, we want these guys in the playoff regardless. We know that. And it's almost better to avoid that chance at an extra loss. Like maybe JT benefited from the fact that he wasn't in the FedEx Cup playoffs. We didn't get any any further sample size. So it was kept as simply as Zach Johnson put it, which he said, you can't just leave JT at home. You just can't leave, leave JT oh, at home. I wonder if uh, Jordan Spieth isn't on this team, if Justin Thomas might not be on this team. Uh and I know that's a little unfair because they are two transcendent talents, right? They have five majors between the two of them. It feels bizarre to think about a Ryder Cup within the next decade without both of them, let alone, um, you know, just having one of them on it. I do wonder, though, Jordan is a captain's pick and he has a great relationship with Zach Johnson. And so does Justin Thomas. And I just wonder if, like, there was campaigning on the lines of, hey, Jordan, you're in. Who do you want? Who do you want as your, your partner? All right, well, and let's extend that even further. I think if you include, say you say you include Spieth as the first guy in, first extra guy in, you can look at then basically the automatic qualifiers, the existing team, and you can look at the next five guys and you can really mesh them together pretty closely. I mean, Scotty Scheffler, clearly the number one seed here. His pick would have been Sam Burns. Um, you have Xander and Cantlay. They both qualified together. Max Homa, who does he play with in the Zurich Classic? Who did he play with at the President's Cup? Colin Morikawa. And then Spieth, mm -hmm. you have his guy, Justin Thomas. So there are some pretty clear um, partnerships forming here, and I want to get to that in a second. But who should feel the most devastated, Sean, not to be getting the call not to be getting the good call they got some bad calls it seems like yeah so who's the biggest snub first um, man I, out the first man out is cam young and he should feel the saddest because he was teased for the last month by fred couples 
when he joined that radio show and said, look, you can count on Cam Young basically being in Italy. You can count on Spieth being in, in Italy. He, he sort of made it simple for us to think about how many places were left on this team. And lo and behold, Cam Young didn't have a place on this team. Um, I think that's unfortunate. I imagine there may have been some communication that followed that quote from Fred Couples to from Zach Johnson, maybe. What do you think of Zach like, Johnson saying, oh yeah, he said it in jest? I don't I don't believe no, that dude. jest would be the correct no. description there. No. I, maybe that's what Fred Couples thinks, but um definitely feel bad for Cam Young because you know, this year at this point now for him is another disappointing year the sophomore slump if you will where he didn't play very good golf still thought he had a chance in someone on the you know in the heart of the Ryder Cup team was telling him yeah you're you're probably in and doesn't get it done still hasn't won on the PJ tour probably doesn't feel great about his 2023 I would feel the saddest for Cam Young um and I know your answer on the the snub front is going to be different I know who it's going to be. I just want to like back up for three minutes, let you have the floor and tell me why Keegan Bradley should be so disappointed. You know, Keegan, uh, there aren't many people in golf that have wanted something as badly as Keegan Bradley wants to be on this Ryder Cup team. I'm not sure I can think of any. Rory really wants to win the Masters. That one comes to mind. <laughs> Uh, Phil has probably really wanted to win the U S open, but Keegan literally still, we found out this week, he still has not unpacked that bag after it's being so disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still not clear. Like, yeah, there, there's dirty clothes in there, huh? Yeah. Think? I think, I think a 10 year old bottle of champagne. Um, this is the, the, the suitcase that he, brought over to what Glen Eagles and they lost at in 2014. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's like his bugaboo now, like it sits in the corner of the garage and now we have to discuss it because it's still there. Take that thing to the junkyard and get it out of your hands. Then maybe you'll be on a Ryder cup team. Uh, Keegan through, uh, through golf channels, Todd Lewis said, I could tell by the response from Zach when I answered the phone that I wasn't on the team. I'm super mm. bummed out. I thought I put together a really good year with two wins, but he said, you know, he's pulling for the U S team. It sucks, man. It sucks for <laughs> Keegan Bradley. If, if Justin Thomas had had the same year that he had, he would be on the team. If Sam Burns had had the same year that he had, I think there's probably a good chance that he would be on the team. He won twice. He had a bunch of, you know, middling finishes that like if they were top 20s instead of being top 40s then maybe that's enough to get him over the line it's just that like you don't know how many chances you've got at qualifying for this thing right keegan's i think, I think he's 36 and uh there was a time where he was a sure thing on these u.s teams that time came and went he hadn't been at the tour championship for a little bit he when he won last fall, I think that was one of the first things that he thought about was, oh, yeah, this gets me in position to qualify for the Ryder Cup. He's figured out his putting a little bit. He's just gotten a lot better. And then when he won at the Travelers this summer in front of that New England crowd, when he was coming up, you know, he thought about the Ryder Cup immediately. It was like even more than the win itself. It, it was like, OK, what does this mean for his Ryder Cup candidacy? It looked at that point like he was very likely to be on the team. 
I think Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon coming from nowhere to uh, to claim some spots via their major championship wins. Wyndham maybe would have been in there anyway um, after winning the the Wells Fargo, but you know that definitely tightened things up. And then you just got to feel for him because he wants it so bad, and because he was so close, and because he was on the inside. And then it feels like kind of got it ripped away from him. And you also wonder if he had just played better this past weekend, say he finishes third behind Xander uh, and behind Victor Hovland in the tour championship. Is that enough to make the difference? Was it already kind of predestined? Um, because, you know, his resume was almost there. I'm not saying he no, should have no. been on the he team. Won I'm early, I'm, he won too I'm early, Dylan. He won too early. It all matters when you do things. Let this be a lesson to us for 2025 when after the Masters we're putting together these Ryder Cup teams and it's far too early. And in June of 2025, it will be far too early. And in July, it'll still be far too early. So much happens or can happen late. And Keegan still won too early. If you give up his Travelers Championship victory and say, no, you won the BMW championship here in Chicago two weeks before or one and a half weeks before Ryder Cup selections. He's on the team. It just all matters like in form in the exact moment. His Travelers Championship victory was great. But even Lucas Glover was playing his pants off late. He and- won at the right time, but he, you know, he wasn't you have to be in the conversation and then you have to play well late. Exactly. I guess I would ask like what what do you think Sam Burns did to work his way onto this team over Cam Young or over Keegan? Well, a number of years ago, he befriended Scotty Scheffler, uh, and Scotty Scheffler became <laughs> the greatest player on the planet in this sport. Yeah. Um, and I th- I think if you are Zach Johnson and you've seen these guys, well, they played on the President's Cup team together last year. I don't think they were like an outright success necessarily together, but they are best friends. They jive together well. Um, Sam Burns did win match play earlier this year. Like, I don't know if that should be worth a whole ton, but it's worth something. And um, being Scotty Scheffler's best friend, essentially having his endorsement, it's almost like you know, an early stage political campaign where you get the, you get the ringing endorsement from the the previous outgoing president. It's like, gosh, that's massive for, for his campaign. I imagine that's what Sam Burns got from Scotty Scheffler is like my stamp of approval. If I'm choosing any of these guys, someone I want to play with, it's Sam Burns. That could come back to haunt the Americans, right? Like all of these decisions could yeah, come well, back to haunt the Americans. But yeah, the, the way we talk about the Ryder Cup and captains picks and and results is like I mean it's the it's the dumbest most oversimplified thing ever, you know, in the post game because if the US team wins, great, Zach nailed it. If the US team loses, uh he absolutely blew it. He should have taken, you know, Keegan and Lucas Glover or something. Like that will be kind of the postscript on this Ryder Cup regardless. Uh, hopefully here on the drop zone, we'll, we can have a more nuanced discussion about how well, it all we, went down. But we can. Don't think that is going to be the proof is going to be in the pudding essentially. Yes. And no, because Steve Stricker took four steps back and said, Dustin Johnson, you're fantastic. Go be our spiritual leader. DJ goes five and oh, they're playing on a perfect golf course in America. It all makes sense. If you go back to the Ryder cup before that, 
Jim Furyk had, again, a very stacked team, one of the best teams that you could put on paper. They had Tiger Woods playing some of the best golf of his last decade, winning the Tour Championship in Atlanta. He had uh, Phil Mickelson had won that year. Bryson DeChambeau was playing what he has considered to be the best golf of his life. Those were the captain's picks. And none of those dudes showed up in Paris. And Patrick Reed, Captain America, this person you were supposed to count on, didn't break 80 when he was playing with Tiger Woods at his side, his hero at his side in Paris. So um, that is all a long way of saying sometimes the captains can be super passive and let the great golf speak for itself. And then other times, if they are kind of just accepting the 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 large stack of chips and you just kind of toss people out there and things don't make sense, fit for course, you can you can let the bad golf be really bad. And then suddenly we're like, wait, does Jim Furyk merit another chance to be a Ryder Cup captain? Um, it's, it's an unfair position to be put in. Um, and that's why, as we said 15 minutes ago, this is a pick of comfort. This is, this is a comfort decision so that Zach Johnson can say, look, I put it on our automatic qualifiers. This is who they want to play with. <laughs> take me out of the fray here yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna roll out the dice he implicated you know, he implicated the rest of his team right he's like that's the only move you can make especially when yeah. you have when you have the best group of people to select from i mean the european team at this point are now deciding between yannick paul and adrian moronk and you know a guy who was playing in the Hoy big Garden 12 and three months ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which Hoygaard do you want? Well, that's a tougher decision for Luke Donald than it would be Lucas Glover versus Justin Thomas. So uh, all in all, I think pretty good decisions. Uh, there is a yeah, live right. golfer so, Taking a involved. step back, like <laughs> did, did Zach Johnson get it right? Is, yeah. this, the, is this the optimal team of uh, optimal next six guys? Is this the optimal team of 12 that he could have selected? Yeah. If you want to put Cam Young in over Sam Burns, that's fine by me. Um, but this is going to work out. And at the end of the day... So you would take people... JT? Yes. How many people are going to play on Friday morning in Rome, Dylan, in, in three weeks or so, whenever that, whenever the Ryder Cup starts? There's eight guys that are going to be playing. Four, four of these guys are going to sit. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and then on Friday afternoon, eight guys. Like... You, if you're a captain's pick, you only need to play two or three matches. And if you win one of them, people are going to be loving you. If you go and get, you know, play bad golf and people beat the blocks off of you, then that's on you. That's less on Zach Johnson. So it's all comfort. I would think I would have Keegan in there over Sam Burns. No shocker there. I cannot possibly separate what I actually think would have been the correct choice from what i feel um but that's how i feel i it's it's got to be tough for keegan to sit there and if he was if if he had the self-loathing to kind of watch this zach johnson press conference this morning to hear the descriptions of of jt and oh my oh yeah he he wanted it so bad he's you know he like lives and breathes Ryder cup whatever it was that zj said about Justin Thomas to know how much that applies also to Keegan Bradley and to just sort of have that discounted. And I understand that we're talking about cups that were, you know, a decade ago, nine years ago, 11 years ago, but JT to some extent was selected based off stuff that he did in what 2018. 
So it's like some of it is all ancient history. I agree, though. I think that JT belongs on this team. I think he's proven himself in this format. I think, look, when when we were talking when we were talking about the Lucas Glover hype a couple weeks ago, that was kind of my message was like, all right, let's calm down because I think people were frothing at the mouth a little bit of like, if this guy's not on the team, what are we even doing here? And, you know, six weeks out, if your team Europe, who would you rather see on the team? Would you rather that the Americans throw Lucas Glover at you or Justin Thomas? I'm guessing that they would, that they and the odds makers behind it would also uh, probably put Justin Thomas as a big time favorite in there over Lucas Glover. So I think at the end of the day, when we kind of take a step back at the end of the tour championship, which is probably sort of what they did, uh, you know, it's very defensible. It's, it's very, it's a set of defensible picks. Zach brought the players in the, the glory or the blood is on their hands as much as his as a result. So, yeah, I, I think, are there any like are there any apologies that are owed to anyone else? Is there anyone else that, is, that should be thinking like, man, I was right on the fringe here? No, no, because they all had their opportunities. You have and, all right, endless opportunities to do this. Who got a call? Who do you think got a call? And who didn't get a call? Based well, on Zach Johnson, Zach Johnson said, you know, if you were in the top twenty-five on points you probably got a call. That's kind of where he cut it off. But then he sort of backed off on that. He was like, well, I didn't call any, everyone in the top 25. And I'm guessing he really, I'm guessing he really, some of those guys, like he definitely did not quite make the call to. I'm guessing that Russell Henley got a call. Will Zalatoris did not get a call. He hasn't played golf in months. Tony Finau maybe got a call. He's been on these teams before. Um, Kurt Kitayama was high. You think he got a call? I think he was high on the list for points, but he hasn't played that great of golf recently. Denny McCarthy certainly merited a call, made it to the Tour Championship, has been interesting all year long. One of the best putters in the world. You would want his putter on your team, but probably not that many other people. I mean, I asked South Tagala a couple weeks ago in Chicago, are you? Are you in the running for the Ryder Cup? And he said, no, I think I've been out of that for a while. So I think these guys lower down the list, they know – yeah, it didn't really work out for me. I didn't I didn't grab the opportunity when it was there waiting for me. So that's kind of how it shakes out for me. Sean, rise with the tide and play like a pro in Ocean City, Maryland. Choose from 17 world-renowned courses designed by golf legends like Jack Nicholas, Arthur Hills, and Gary Player. Swing through sweeping vistas at Eagles Landing, savor the stunning bay views of Lighthouse Sound, or see for yourself why Ocean City Golf Club is considered to have some of the Mid-Atlantic's finest fairways. Whether you're sneaking in a quick round on a family vacation or going all in on a golf getaway, this is a place to be. Ocean City, Maryland, where you don't have to be a legend to play like one. To learn more, visit ococean.com. That's ococean.com to learn more. Trying to think if there's any mid-Atlantic golfers in this uh Ryder Cup team. I don't think so. It's a fairly southern slash Californian crew. Yeah. And that's why they uh they all kind of mesh together in like obvious ways, at least this American team seems to. Um but notably off the list, Dylan, um are DJ and Brooks, or excuse me, DJ and Bryson. Um 
Brooks Kepka is involved. He is the lone liver involved. But two guys that have been playing better golf than him in recent months are Bryson and I guess DJ. I think Dustin Johnson lately has been given a little too much credit for going 5-0 and at the Ryder Cup two years ago. We've kind of spent the last half an hour or so explaining that like you need to be in good form you need to you know so much can change in the in the last like six months let alone two years and that was the case for dj um zach johnson was asked very bluntly how many live guys did you consider you know and did did you did did they merit a phone call and uh i was a little surprised at that answer because or at that question because not many people have really you know zach has given no indication that he was even following live golf right he was he was getting asked questions about it throughout the summer and he was basically saying like uh, are they on the cw I don't, I don't know if i get the cw right kind of his way of, of pandering away from you know a real answer but uh it sounds like he did not consider those guys did not give them a call and i don't have any problem with that <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if you do, but I do think despite Bryson playing good golf in the last two months or so, I think what these captain's picks tell us is that everything you do matters, everything you do. And that could be putting your name on a lawsuit against the PGA tour. Um, it can be how you're playing right now. If you've won anywhere on planet earth in the last 12 months or so i think it all matters i think you know lucas glover's performance prior to august matters and so the fact that dj and bryson did not get a call i think is zach johnson's way of saying like look there's only one live guy that really deserves it and i wasn't thinking about the other ones and i'm completely fine with that thank goodness that he picked brooks kepka sean I don't yeah. think there was ever really a strong consideration that he wouldn't, but you know, yeah, you could have made a case that, that he shouldn't be on the team. Like I think that there's a, if you're just looking at his play since winning the PGA. Yeah. You could argue that Brooks Kepka doesn't necessarily need to be on this team, but God, the discourse would have been horrendous. Um, and he did enough in those big events early on that he is definitely a no brainer to be on the team. So I'm glad that he is. With that said, I, I think that there it's easy to point to like Bryson shooting 61-58 and that being evidence of his candidacy. I don't think that he quite belonged on this team. I think that he was worthy of some consideration. Uh, I think that it's reasonable to consider stuff like lawsuits when you are trying to build a team room that has some camaraderie. I mean... Who would you have paired him with? Like, yeah, Brooks? exactly. I yeah. think his I think his course fit also isn't fantastic. Like Bryson's shooting sixty one fifty eight at the Greenbrier um, with really soft fairways uh, after rain is one thing. I think in late summer Italy at this course designed for the Ryder Cup that's going to have crazy big rough. Yeah, maybe you don't fit well there. You didn't fit well in Paris. Um, you didn't play well in Paris. All these things matter. They all matter. Um, and so, you know, 
did he did he do enough to merit a phone call? Maybe. Who knows? But like, it doesn't sound like Bryson's on great terms with basically anyone in the locker room in the vice captaincy like quarters. It just. I think that was a, a massive stretch and maybe it is exactly the kind of thing that we drum up during a Ryder cup year when we are bored out of our minds during the three M open. Um, I think there was a lot of those storylines this year. And then ultimately Zach Johnson kind of went with the most straightforward, most comfortable, um, easiest selections. Um, but it'll still be a weird Ryder cup now. Like I think Brooks, <clears throat> I think he would fit well with Ricky maybe. You know, they definitely have a, a decent history of being pals at the very least, living in southern Florida together. Um, they're about the same age. Those two make really good sense, especially if Jordan and Justin are playing together. Um, I think you could go like all macho and put Brooks with Scheffler. Um, you know, they share an agent in Blake Smith. They're definitely friendly with each other. Um, Scotty hasn't held anything against Brooks. And, you know, not that any of these guys really have. Brooks has had a good relationship with a lot of them, but that one seems to make some sense. You've got everything else just kind of fitting in a little bit too well um, elsewhere. I, I you know you know what? I asked Wyndham Clark uh, in July who he'd like to play with, and he said he has a good relationship with Brooks. So maybe we see that pairing. Wow, that'd be really interesting, actually. That's some solid kind of alpha energy, ball speed energy. Totally. Brooks hitting the ball these days. Yeah, far enough. But he was never the longest player in the world. But I guess we talked about like who should be thankful to be on this team. I guess when I'm looking at the rosters, I, where's the biggest question mark? Xander and Cantley are the biggest rock solid performers you could have. Scotty yeah. Scheffler, super rock solid. Ricky Fowler's been playing really solid, consistent golf this year. I don't have any questions about him. Max Homa is back in form. Don't have any questions about him. He's probably going to play the Fortnite here in a week or two. Um, I think I've been more respectful of Morikawa than I think you have and just like kind of his overall baseline being super high, which makes for a really good scenario going into a Ryder cup when you're playing someone else's golf ball and you're playing uh, in teammates and you're playing on a somewhat tight property. I think Brooks Kepka is a massive question mark. I think Sam Burns is a decent question mark. I think JT is a massive question mark. I think Spieth is a roller coaster. Spieth is a total question mark. I mean, that team of JT and Spieth, that they are they are the question mark. I mean, because they have been so reliable as the the A squad of this American side, with you know, Cantley and Xander have now moved into that role. But JT and Spieth are still like the they're the face of this team, they're the emotional core of this team, but they're both coming in off some decidedly uneven play. Spieth was playing incredibly well at the start of the year. Uh, it's definitely been a, a roller coaster. His tour championship was certainly not inspiring. I think a bunch of these guys will have a reset between now and then, especially those two. But when you talk about question marks, I mean, that's the one that seems like it could go either way. You could see those guys still showing up and being out of sorts, but you could also definitely 
see those guys showing up and each getting four points. So I totally, I see Jordan and Justin going like three up through 12 and then like holding on to win on 18. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but what I guess what is interesting and we will talk about this ad nauseum for the next four weeks uh, until we have an actual Ryder Cup competition is just like there, there may have been obvious picks today. It may make a ton of sense, but there you can point, you can poke holes through a lot of it. And that's what the European delegates will do. They will say our horses are better than your horses and your horses have question marks. And, um, there's going to be no hiding from that. I'm curious what you thought of Zach Johnson's presentation in his press conference today, because he, he really feels like he's going to be a straight shooter and there's going to be no fluff with him. And he kind of doesn't really, he accepts the questions, but he doesn't necessarily answer all the questions he's being asked. He's being asked. Um, you don't, you don't seem to love some of his approach to the actual questions he's being asked, do you? Yeah, Zach Johnson just—he doesn't. I'm not sure how much he loves the the public facing part of the role, which is a you, massive it, part. It, like, that's mostly more what than it is. any other part. Yeah, like he doesn't necessarily seem to love engaging with the media. I mean, the the questions today. It's almost like he's vaguely insulted by the questions when <laughs> clearly this is like a an incredibly thorny process. And it the Ryder Cup is only interesting because of these things, because of the team selection, because of you know how guys get on or off and how they're gonna mesh together. And yeah, I I don't think that he I don't know. He didn't, he didn't really have like remarks prepared for any of the guys, but then he had to run through them. Like the whole process is a little bit tricky. The whole rollout's bulky. And then you're taking zoom questions. You're taking some questions from people in attendance. The whole thing's on live TV. Like it's a bottom it's line a, is kind of a it's weird a, setup. It's a weird year to be a president's cup captain for both sides. It's weird to be Luke Donald to take the baton uh, from Henrik Stenson once he goes to live. It's weird for Zach Johnson to be, you know, choosing a live guy um, when the other team actually couldn't choose a guy from live. Um, it's it's definitely weird. And I guess it's it's totally something that could boil up. If we're putting on our, like, prognosticator hats here and see foresee a future where Saturday night the U.S. team uh, is down by two points and – Brian Harmon's played one match, but was really good during that one match or something like that. Like the, that's where the captain starts getting question marks. I mean, Steve Stricker had the easiest captaincy of all time. He's a pretty mild, calm natured dude from Wisconsin. He's at home. You know, he tears up during the opening ceremonies and he's got 12 of the 15 best players in the world on his team. Just roll them out there, roll the ball out there and say, go play basketball and they made all the buckets um that was easy but like jim furyk's became really tricky when like tiger woods was really tired off after the tour championship and phil mickelson was out of form and bryson DeChambeau was not doing well with either of those guys and patrick reed this captain america guy like i talked about earlier was supposed to be great but was not great like zach johnson as the forward facing 
shield at this point he could do better and that's that's all we have to really say for now he's going to have a press conference every single day of Ryder cup week so you better get used to questions whether you like them or not you got to answer them um you got to get used to having i mean i think he's going to be a confident captain but needs to be ready to face the music if the decisions he makes end up not working out for him um Jim Furyk was kind of like that, but eventually was a bit passive and kind of let the players, I don't know, notably maybe two players in the background kind of dictate things a little bit. And ultimately now we think of Jim Furyk as a very different Ryder Cup captain than, say, Steve Stricker. So it's not easy. It's not really an enviable position. You can screw it up real easily. I think he's done everything he needs to do to this point. But... He could be a little bit more cheery in the press room and let that be a warning from two journalists who will be there boots on the ground in Rome. It's a funny situation, right? Like we, I mean, we call it a captain, but really you're taking an individual PGA tour player and you're thrusting them into this position of being a head coach. Cause that's really what this is in terms of the forward facing role. And part of being a head coach is like taking accountability for things that really you have very little to do with. I mean, Ricky Fowler was going to be on this team no matter who the captain was. He just played yeah. that well this summer. So whether he goes out and plays well or plays poorly, whether he gets points or doesn't get points, how much does that have to do with Zach Johnson? Really hard to say. But at the end of it, we're expecting Zach Johnson to be a leader, to talk like a head coach, to handle these situations uh, accordingly. And – in reality, Zach Johnson is these guys' peer more than he is their coach. Like, this is a new and temporary role. So it's a little bit awkward as a result. Like, it's not a, and it's just not something that comes naturally to him. I think partly that's he's young, he's close to them in age. Um, and I think also there's not necessarily anyone that scripts out, okay, this is exactly how you should do this. It almost seemed like, hey, Zach, you got to run through your captain's picks. But it was like no one told him that before the press conference started. Like, hey, have a description. Or it wasn't like, you know, someone from the PGA of America wrote out a little bio for each guy and their qualifications. So, yeah, I don't know. The rollout was just weird. And uh, I guess I'm glad they didn't do a, a like multi-part reveal like they used to where you really keep people on the edge of their seats and, you know, then whoever gets left out feels like even worse. But yeah, I'm hoping for an increase in, in communication in, uh, in the Ryder cup, a little less prickly once we get there, maybe. Sure. Maybe well, more. there are, are, I think a couple more weeks maybe, um, before we, maybe just one more week before we find out when, uh, the European team will be finalized. Um, and so, gosh, we've still got four weeks until balls are in the air in Rome, um, which surely we will have plenty to talk about here. There'll be plenty that comes from today and, you know, the Fortinet championship when guys are asked about it. So more to come on the Ryder Cup front on the drop zone. Dylan, anything else we need to get to? I just, I'm down, Sean. I feel down for my guy, Keegan Bradley. Here's, here's a more complete quote from him. I'm super bummed out. I thought I put together a really good year with two wins, including in Hartford over an elite field. 
I'm proud of what I've done. I think JT is a generational talent. I've always been an outsider in the sport, but I've tried to get closer to the guys I thought would be on the team. I feel like moving forward, I'm going to have to automatically qualify for the Ryder Cup. Mm. I am pulling for the U.S. team. Sad boy, Keegan. Absolutely sad boy. I read that. Um, I feel sad. I feel there when we get to the Ryder Cup, we'll be excited for all the participants there. Today, I feel greater sadness for Keegan Bradley, and I hope you all take a moment to think of him today. I'm sure they will. Uh, I feel bad for any of them who are bothered by the you know, audio issues on on Dylan's end, but we're going to get those figured out for the next Is it trip, bad right so. now? It's not bad. It's not great. Uh, just a little background, but don't you worry about it. We will, uh, we'll have things figured out by the, the next time we record, which won't be too far from now. See you then.